Hello and welcome back to another titillating, triumphant, and well, any other word that starts with a T, episode of Black Horror. I am your host, Angel. Thanks for being back with us today. Y'all, so I got a new mic and it extends out and the dogs are looking at me like I am crazy. They are looking at me like, what the fuck is near your face? And you need to step back because I'm about to kill it. Like, Kingston is looking at me like with his killer eyes, which he doesn't have a lot because he's very, well, not very, but he tends to be a shy dog. But anyways, okay, so last week was Nurses Week and, or Hospital Workers Week, whatever you want to call it. And I'm telling you, now more than ever, us as hospital workers, we know that y'all do not give a fuck about us. Like, not only do you guys refuse to put on a mask, do you refuse to stay at home, do you refuse to get vaccinated, now y'all are trying to kill us. Like, literally. Okay, so one of the hospitals I work at, they gave us free dinner. They had free lunch for the daytime people and free dinner for the nighttime people. I'm nighttime. So the lady gave me well one of the nurses gave me a break she's like hey why don't you run downstairs go get something they had free food I'm like, okay I wasn't even gonna get anything to eat because I had eaten before work which is a rarity but I had eaten before work I wasn't really hungry but I would be being greedy me I was like okay let me let me get a little plate or something you know it's free what the hell got down there it slop it, it looked like pure slop like I understand it's free but damn we are over here saving folks and you can't even give us like quality ingredients. Oh my gosh. It was a barbecue. They had barbecue chicken, barbecue pork, which if anyone has had any type of barbecue from a hospital, it is always overcooked, under seasoned and drenched in whatever barbecue sauce they happen to have. It's always dry as fuck, hard as fuck. Doesn't matter if it's pork, chicken, a bratwurst, what a hot dog, whatever it is. If it's barbecued at a hospital, it's going to turn out wrong. Trust me. So they had that, that coleslaw. Well, no, they had the chicken, the pulled pork. They had potato salad and coleslaw. I ended up getting the pork, which I knew was the wrong move like chicken looked slightly better but I mean the lesser of two evils type thing and then I don't eat coleslaw like unless it's on a sandwich and it's like homemade coleslaw which you could tell that wasn't and they and the potato salad it was runny it was runny it you could tell at one point it had been cold but now it was warm and I should have known I should have just walked away but again greedy me I got a plate went back up And like I said, I wasn't even hungry, so I ate like maybe 10% of it, if that. I was really just picking at it a little bit before I was like, you know, I don't even like this. I don't know why I'm eating it. And not even 30 minutes later, my stomach was rumbling. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I really shouldn't have ate that. I knew I shouldn't have ate it. My stomach was fucked up. And mind you, this was at like 1030 at night. We work 12-hour shifts, 7 to 7. So I still got the whole rest of the shift. Oh, my God. My stomach was just, it was sore. It felt like someone stabbing me in the side. It was, oh, my God. It was really painful. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew the country didn't give a fuck about us, but now our own hospitals are trying to kill us. I was like, damn. If it ain't one thing trying to get you, it's another. (laughs) It was, God, oh, my God. And then when I finally got home, I was just in the bathroom for like, I don't even know how long. 
Oh my God. It was horrible. Never again. But again, that was my fault. I shouldn't, I knew it didn't look right. Didn't smell right. Didn't, nothing about it was right. And I knew it from the jump. I, I knew it when she said free food. Anytime there has been free food given to us worker, or maybe it's just the hospital I've been working at, but whenever the hospital has given me free food, it has turned out wrong every time. And I keep, and I keep taking it. I'm the dumbass. But, but yeah, so that's what's been going on with me ever since then. I've been okay. You, you hear Kingston? Kings hush! Just, oh Lord, every time a car goes by. But anyways, so we're here today with episode five. I just want to start off by thanking all of my listeners. Thank you. I appreciate every time that you push play. It means more than you could ever know. I mean, I'm already on episode five and... If you guys knew how long this, all of this came to be, it it took me three years to release one episode, like, and I'm going to blame it on my ADHD and my ADD, but who knows? But either way, we're already at episode five, and it means a lot to me just to even be on episode five, and it means a lot to me that you guys are listening five episodes in. Thank you so much. But all right, this week, we'll be going over one of the best early iterations of video game adapted movies. Resident Evil, premiered in 2002 and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And we're not talking about the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which is even better to stay true to the game, true to the book. And by the way, if you haven't read the Resident Evil books and you love the Resident Evil series of games, do it. Do yourself the favor. You can find them. Well, I got them all on Amazon. Last time I checked, they weren't on there, but that was also a couple of years ago. So you can probably find them on eBay or maybe they're back in stock on Amazon. I don't know. But okay, so this movie set a precedent. It proved that video game based movies didn't have to be bad. But as soon as it did that, as soon as it released something, and this is like a B quality movie, like, you know, it had certain original things and tore some stuff from the game and, you know, it, it did pretty good. It was up like a B quality movie. As soon as it released that, the rest of them were crap. Like, you could argue that Resident Evil 2, uh, I forgot, uh, it may have like a subtitle, I don't remember. It That one's like a C-quality movie, so it's watchable, but everything after that, especially the very last movie, was pure shit. And this is coming from someone that loves bad movies, so you know that it was bad. And yes, I do still watch the original m- movie series of Resident Evil. But but the original movie series crashed and completely burned by not relying on its original material from the game. But we can at least say that the movie was a hit and the second movie was a semi-hit. But for anyone that wants a little trivia about Resident Evil, the original movie was written and going to be directed. Like they already had a script written out and I think they had started shooting or were about to start shooting something like that by George A. Romero, the godfather of zombies. He is the reason we have the modern idea and I, well, ideation, no idea and like layout for what a zombie is supposed to be. If you don't know who he is, that's your problem. You need to look him up because he is truly amazing. And the reason I love zombies today. But I'm literally just realizing that most of my episodes so far have been about zombies. And while that is fine and dandy for me, I did commit to making this a horror 
general genre base. So, and that's in, I know that's my own fault, but I, I think like subconsciously because I do love zombies so much, I'm like not even trying and just picking out the movies that I love that do happen to be with zombies. But like I said, this is a genre pot, a genre. This is a horror based movie podcast. So I will commit to the next five episodes being nothing about zombies. Like I said, I I usually I have a big list of movies that I talk or want to talk about and I usually just like, oh, what'll be good this week? Not look and just kinda of pick something. And like I said, I think subconsciously I I am just picking the movies that I love and and while that's fine, like I said, I I wanna talk about every type of horror movie comedies zombies horror uh, horror slashers uh, there's more than a few musicals that I want to talk about so I need to really commit not only to myself but to you guys to broadening the perspective the spectrum the spectrum I don't know to broadening what I present in this podcast that sounds right all right so let's get into it Resident Evil 2002 our main character is Mila Jogovich she's playing Alice and a lot of people hated that you know they kind of strayed from the games on that aspect like there are so many main characters in the books and in the games and then they bring this whole other person that no one's ever heard of paul i say paul like i know him paul you know wanted to have a sole focus and i guess not so many because you know in the games and the books you have claire you have chris you have Leon, you have Ada, you have so many main characters that I guess if you don't play the game, you may get confused, but not really because they did it in the new Resident Evil and it was very easy to follow. I mean, and I'm speaking, I'm saying that as someone that's followed the games very intently and very closely, but I feel like even if I didn't, it was still set up in a way that it would make sense. But back to this current movie, the 2002 version. We have Alice. She's our main character in all of the movies. She's our I still haven't looked the protagonist and antagonist. You know what? Hold on. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out right now. Okay, so protagonist is the lead character, usually the good guy, the antagonist, which I thought it was because ant, like A and T usually means something bad and pro usually means something good. But in my mind when I learned this in school, like back in English in like what, seventh, fifth, whatever grade. I remembered it like they're opposites. Pro actually means bad and ant actually means good in this instance. And I stuck with that my whole life and I don't know why. I, I'm I'm tripping. But okay, back to this movie. So we start with the, I guess, I was going to say intro credits, but it's really not credits. But anyways, they're explaining the background and the ongoings of Umbrella Corporation. You know, they're known to everyone around the world but especially in raccoon city where there's like their main base as a pharmaceutical company but you know below the you know below what meets the eye they're doing illegal bow's which is bio organic weapons and you know selling these to the highest bidder and that's how they make a bulk of their money by making illegal weapons for anyone but i'm guessing people's armies ever since this movie i've always thought like is is that what johnson and johnson does like on the sly you know you have this big corporation that you know they make baby formula they make band-aids they make i mean shit they're you, don't they make food too 
I mean, I know they make baby food, but don't they make regular food too? And candy? Like, Johnson & Johnson's reach is so long, you know? So it's like, if they really wanted to make BOWs or, you know, start doing illegal experimentation or testing, no one would know. And even more, how could we prove it? Like, they have so much money, they could squash anyone, just like Umbrella. Well, no, Umbrella kind of, eh, I was going to say just like Umbrella. That Umbrella, they were, they were, what's the word, exposed by, like, a group of 10 people. That's all I can say about that. Like, can I get for the game and for, you know, the book purposes, they had to make it kind of quick you know, the world letting on to what they really do, but it's like, there was literally a handful of people that not even brought Umbrella down, but brought them to light. Like, could that happen in real day, like now? Hell no. Shit, we can't even get abortion legally. Shit. I can't even go into that one. That's just frustrating. But anyways, again, back to the movie. And another thing I want to quickly touch on, one of the things that like the audience or you know list not listeners but the audience the original audience of the movie that they complained about and they said was one of the things that made this movie bad was that it had kind of a rock and roll well not kind of it did have a rock and roll or kind of like a heavy metal theme track but it works like especially the way it was edited and the way she's like kind of not kind of, but the way she's kicking ass, the way she is, like, it warrants a heavy metal theme track, like, it, it just really fits, and even the, like, the intro music when they're panning in to the very first shot, like, all of the music works for me, and I get that's just a me thing, but, I mean, if you guys watch, like, what, what other, what other music could there be? It just, it literally fits, and especially Mila Jogovic, she seems, and even just the way she moves, it's very heavy metal-ish. Like, if you were to look at her, if they played the movie without music, and you had to pick a genre of music to put, you know, it to, I feel like heavy metal would, it would probably win out every time. It just, it just seemed very fluent in this movie for me. So we start with, we see someone, they're in lab gear, and they're, mechanically like behind glass and everything picking up strands of the t-virus and the antivirus and putting them into a lockbox and on its way out he tosses one of the t-viruses and you see it hit the desk and shatter which sets off all the goings on that happens in this movie but and we'll of course talk about this later because of duh, it's gonna have to come up but why didn't he wait to throw the vial like, and later in the movie, he says, like, I didn't know that the lockdown system, you know, went all the way to where he was about to hide out. But it's like, why would you even, you know that their lockdown system is a supercomputer. It's smart as hell. It's trained and programmed to be smarter than you. So, and to save the facility any way it knows how, which if that means killing everyone, it will. I just don't understand why he didn't get to literally the door like because there's these big like doors that lead from where they work underground and where you know you leave to go above ground and do the regular legal work i'd have stood i'd have stood at those doors then i'd have threw the vial and then i'd have left because who's to stop you then 
But again, you know, if, if it was too logical, we wouldn't have a movie. Might I also quickly add, he threw the vial. He knew that it was an airborne virus. And he does, he has nary a mask on. Not a cloth mask, not a cotton mask, not N95, nothing. What if he'd have turned? Like, what, <laughs> what if he'd have turned on his way leaving? Because he doesn't know how fast it's going to go into the air system. Now, that had been a hell of a movie. So after that, after the vial's broken, it goes into the air shaft system and it's being pumped out, you know, through the AC. You see that the dogs, the uh, lab dogs, the lab animals are the first ones to detect it. They start going crazy. They see, well, not see some, they smell something in the air, but, you know, they're looking toward the AC system and they're just going crazy. They're barking. They're trying to get out the cages. We see that the security system sees that there's the vial that's already broken and it starts going into automatic lockdown and neutralization mode. So you start seeing doctors getting locked in their offices and the security system at this point knows that the only way to eliminate the spread of the virus is to kill everything. So you see that it locks the doors on in offices and labs. It drowns some people. It like releases some sort of fatal gas, like a killing gas. And it takes everyone that it can out. And the people that are too far beyond its reach to make a lethal decision, it releases, what did they say, a, a neurotoxin to knock them out. So at least if, at least if they're not dead, they're not going to move and they're not going to spread the virus. But I will say the security system, she might be low-key like enjoying this because instead of just giving everybody the toxic gas and killing them like that which in my in my mind would be you know very quick you know you breathe it in you die but she's having fun she's drowning folks she's literally dropping elevators that's not even necessary like there's still Wait, no, is there an AC in the, no, there's no AC. I was going to say, isn't there still an AC system in the elevators? But no, I've never seen one. That's why it'd be hot as fuck in there. So yeah, okay. She did have to drop the elevators, but no, no, I take it back. She didn't even have to drop the elevators. She could have released the elevators and just made the toxic gas everywhere. Instead of just in offices and labs, she could release it to the hallways and the, you know, atria and like everywhere. She could have just released it everywhere and killed everyone but instead she's like you know what i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna have fun with this you can't stop me i'm a computer shit you can't hurt me you can't fire me but okay if you ever see the movie for yourself you'll see that one of the groups of people that are on the elevator they their elevator stops like on the third floor and they're trying to you know pull it open and get out and this lady in side side note if you ever watch on fire stick you know, they give you, if you pause it, they give you the name of the actor, they give you the name of the the person that they're playing in the movie. And, the, you know, everybody in these opening scenes, they don't have a name because, you know, they're not influential characters. But, you know, they all have like a Mr. or Mrs. Doc, doc as a doctor or doctor, doctor, and it'll be a color. And so everybody has a color and it just so happens that the black person or the mixed, well, she really looks mixed, that's trying to get out of the elevator, her name is Mrs. Black. Like, what, what is that bullshit? But anyways, 
They stop on the third floor. They start pulling the door open. And Mrs. Black is trying to get out. She's like, I can squeeze through. Now, girl, and mind you, she has a big ass head. Like, and this is not a small opening. I mean, it's not small. It's not a big opening. It's like, girl, your head barely fit through there. And you think your shoulders and waist is going too? Like, I know you're skinny, but come on now. Please be realistic. But much to no one's surprise, she gets stuck. The elevator drops. She gets her head taken off. And all of it could have been avoided had she just known how big her head was and been realistic about the opening size of the elevator. So then we get to the actual beginning of the movie. We see Mila Jogovich's Alice. She's in the shower on the floor, knocked out. The water's still running. I'm sure it's cold as fuck by now. And, you know, she has this big gash on her clavicle. And, you know, she's forgotten everything. She doesn't know why she's in the shower, how she got knocked out, who she is, why, you know, there's a dress on the, the bed waiting for her. You know, she goes into some of the little dresser drawers and there's guns and, you know, there's a wedding ring and there's a picture of her and a man and she can't remember none of this shit. So... I have to add, her bathroom, like in the movie, it's a marble and it's gold and it has these like green off tones and oh my god, like oh, it's such a beautiful bathroom. She doesn't need a rug though, you know, at the at the base of the shower or a bamboo mat something. But other than that, it's a beautiful bathroom. I'm jealous. So Alice's memories start coming back very slowly. She looks in the mirror and she uh, suddenly remembers like immediately passing out. She remembers this little covering open in the shower coming open in the shower and she remembers you know feeling lightheaded and then just falling out so that's all she remembers so far she still doesn't know who she is or why she's there anything like that and she's exploring around she's looking outside she's looking around the house and she sees that you know she's out in the woods basically and going back to the game she's in arclay mountains which she's in spencer mansion in arclay mountain which is long abandoned a long abandoned why did i struggle on that word yeah she still doesn't know why she's there she just sees that she's in this mansion type thing and she's all alone but she does see that there's a note with no name it just says today all your dreams come true and you know after she gets dressed and she goes outside and she's just looking around and there's this weird scene where like the wind starts picking up and she gets scared of the wind and starts like going back into the house. And then you see this guy named Matt. He pulls her like when she's close to the door, he pulls her back in. And then that's when Umbrella Goons, basically. I wanted to call them stars, but that's completely incorrect. Um, Umbrella like henchmen that they break in and they're sent there to see, you know, what is happening with the hive, which is the underground part of the mansion of Umbrella. So then we see the leader come in, they call him one, and you know, he's talking to Alice and you know, he's pulling her to the side, like report, soldier report, and the medic on the team lets him know, like, hey, like she has she's been affected by the knockout toxin. She's probably gonna have some amnesia for the next hours to days. So you're not going to get much information out of her. And then, you know, they're asking Matt, like, who are you? And he lets them know, like, yo, I'm a cop. I just transferred. And, you know, they're right to kind of be like, who the, like, you're Kingston. They're right to be like, you know, who is this person? Because his name isn't pulling up, but 
but he lets him know or he comes up with a good lie like you know i just transferred my information probably not even in there and which i'm guessing is a nod to leon because you know in the game leon was a fresh transfer no one knew him blah 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 but even still that's still fishy as fuck because the mansion spencer mansion is deep into arclay mountains like you gotta really either know where know where it is and try to find it to come upon it like this isn't on you know the edge of the woods where you just everybody's passing it every day like no this is a huge fucking mansion they of course they didn't want anyone to find it they have illegal goings on under so it's deep like it's like i said it's deep in the mountains in the woods and even if he's a cop even if he's a cop why were you out there like you couldn't even say hiking that's not justifiable like because it's so far back there there no they should have shot him i would have if i was umbrella henchman i'd have shot him two and two isn't adding up to four in his case so the the whole umbrella hench team and alice and matt they walk into the hive you know they and you see that it's completely completely different from the mansion you know it's it's all concrete it's there's a huge freaking train just beyond the mansion doors like that's crazy and the fact that no one found this like well it that goes into the game and into the books but anyways so the hench team find the train and they end up turning it back on you know trying to get deeper into the hive because this is like the upper area basically people come into the or people employees come into the mansion they go beyond the doors go down the stairs and they wait for the train that brings them into the actual hive which is very deep underground a few hundred feet below ground and that's where they work but okay so they they're started the train and oh right before they start the train and take off they sync up their clocks or their watches because in two hours and about 50 minutes the everything's gonna be locked down the train's gonna be locked down the the little i want to say gate but it's really just a door the doors to the uh, you know leading out of the hive into the mansion those will be closed like everything's gonna go on complete lockdown in two hours and 50 minutes so they need to find out what happened save whoever they need or can save and get the hell out of there in just under three hours so they're riding the train and Michelle Rodriguez's character, whose name is Rain, is trying to get this door open and she can't get it open. One of the other henchmen, Umbrella henchmen, comes over and opens it and Spencer falls out. And he is a very important character. He, You'll see how all this starts if you haven't watched the movie. But Spence falls out and he too has been, you know, knocked out by the neurotoxin and he has some amnesia also. Doesn't know who he is, doesn't know how he got on the train, doesn't know where he was going to or coming from. And, you know, he's just as as confused as Alice. And Alice has another piece of her information, information. Well, no, yeah, no. Well, memory is an infer- information. But anyways, I meant to say, Alice has another memory come back and gives her a bit of information. And she knows that she knows Spence, but, you know, she sees that they had a wedding. But, I mean, that that can be, yeah, I was about to say, that can be tricky because it could have been a previous wedding they could have already been divorced she just knows that she knows his face basically 
but she does see that he has a wedding ring on as does she so they get off the train and they're about to go like i said basically into the main facility of the hive and alice is at it she's like i want to know what's going on why you're bringing me here why don't i remember anything and the one the leader of the umbrella hench squad basically ignores her and he she kind of like grabs his arm and that's what i'm saying like people be having audacity like i understand this is a movie and technically she also is a soldier but bitch don't touch me like if i heard you and i chose to ignore your ass then that's what it's gonna be you asking me again ain't gonna do nothing but of course he finally tells her like there was an incident as far as we know people may have been killed we know that people clearly lost their memory because you know she being the security system went into lockdown mode and made sure that no one got in no one got out and we're trying to find out what exactly happened to trigger that event but again still don't touch me like if i want to ignore you i'll ignore you so be it and he does also let them know that they have the same employer alice spence the hench squad they're all employed by umbrella and you know alice is like what about this you know referring to her ring and what she remembers of the wedding and you know they let her know like all of that is a facade it's just to keep up appearances in case someone comes looking into the mansion so after he's done explaining they go into the hive and the medic lets him know that you know the halon which is the drug that killed everyone or the gas that killed everyone um lets him know that it dissipated but she says that after everyone's already in the room like what if it hadn't dissipated and now we're about to die like shouldn't you walk in first or i don't know send a stick uh, i don't know a fancy stick that tells you like <laughs> you just gonna let us possibly walk into this and die so they're looking for a way to get deeper into the hive because I saw that it's like 22,000 feet underground. It's like the bottom. It starts around like 850 feet down and it ends, like I said, 22-something thousand feet down. And 22,000? No, 2,200. I always mix that up. But anyways, so they're trying to get to the base of the security system which we come to find out is named the red queen because she is modeled after like the creator's daughter and she's the one that runs the security system like all by itself i keep saying her just because it's modeled after a little kid but it's it runs the security all by itself and as they're searching for a way, they realize that part of their route has been flooded. And that's the labs that were flooded earlier. And they're trying to find an alternate route. And, you know, he explains a little bit more in depth, like, you know, Red Queen went homicidal. We're really just here to figure out why and, you know, figure out if it was an outside interference. But my thing is, even though, even though you have this super high tech security system that runs itself, shouldn't someone be able to like get into its i don't know into its database and figure out like like why it did what it did like you shouldn't have to go basically in office underground to figure out why this machine essentially is acting the way it's acting like shouldn't you be able to hack it from the outside like shouldn't at least someone in the umbrella higher ups be able to hack into it via remote but anyways, 
Alice gets another memory that comes back and she sees that her and Spence have been intimate. So there's something beyond the surface. Like, you know, Umbrella thinks that their marriage is a fake and, you know, they're just doing this to, like I said, protect the mansion, protect the entrance to the hive. But she realizes it was beyond a job, at least for her and assuming him also. Might I also add that 26 minutes and 58 seconds into this movie, there is one of the most iconic jump scares ever, ever. And I'm, I mean it, like if you guys have seen the jump scare that I'm talking about, everyone knows that jump scare. And if you haven't seen it, the first time seeing it, you, it's, it's a legit jump scare. Like, it's good. It's one of the best. So as everyone's going through the hive, they start to realize, or at least Matt's the first one, first of them to start to realize that someone's been lied to. They're looking at the map and, you know, it says dining hall B, but this looks like a storage facility, an experiment, experimentation facility, like basically a place where you keep some bad shit. And, you know, Matt lets them know, like, hey, Maybe they're lying. Maybe they gave you some false information. Maybe the whole reason you're here, you know, it could be different from what your mission objective says. But of course, being the good soldier that one is, he like looks at him and he's kind of like giving him that side eye like, anyways, he, you could tell he's a firm believer. He wouldn't think that his company would lie to him. So finally, the hench squad, Matt, Alice, everyone finally makes it to the Red Queen's database room. They're trying to find a way to get in and get to her core. And that's when the Red Queen puts even more defenses up. She's making it hard for their IT guy to even get to the core. But she fakes him out. She basically lets the IT guy think that he's broken through because this long corridor and the door to it opens. And so, you know, they're thinking that he's finally cracked the code, gotten through, and they start ascending, trying to get, again, to the core. And that's when the iconic, in a way, I wish there was another epic, I feel like that's still an understatement, the iconic, epic, laser death scene. This scene, and it was so good that they didn't even know how to top themselves in other movies they recreated it so many times it got horrible but the very first time oh my god it was chef's kiss it was amazing so the red queen closes both ends of the doors into this long glass lit up hallway but one being the leader okay he should have he started backing up once he saw that the doors started closing like, if if this thing, if this security system is trying to lock you into that room, wouldn't your first thing, like, your first mindset be like, let me get out of this place that's trying to lock me into? Like, instead of backing up, he should have said, everybody, run. Like, they should have bum-rushed the door and got to the core where there's no security system. And then they could have lived. But then we wouldn't have got this awesome scene. So, okay. They're locked in, like I said, this long glass corridor. There's lights, which unbeknownst to them are fucking laser lights. But, so the first laser light, almost everybody makes it. It's just a straightforward coming laser light. One, the leader, he says, down. Everyone almost hears him except the medic. She gets beheaded. And one of their, I'm guessing he's just a regular shooter. He lost some fingers. He lost, like, everything except his thumb. 
And so that's the first laser. And it's even that. It's just like, oh, I swear you guys got to watch this movie. If you haven't seen it, or at least Google, Google, YouTube, the laser death scene in Resident Evil 1. All the rest of them don't count, or they shouldn't because they suck. But this first iteration of it, it was, uh, again, it was pure amazing. But okay, so the second laser light comes. This one is another straightforward going light, but the guy, uh, and again, I think he's another one of just the shooter. He tries to jump over it. Of course, it's a computer. It knows what you're about to do. It's smarter than you. It lifts up, cuts him, what, what, bisects him, cuts him through his core. But one, he's trying his best to outsmart this fucking security system. He raises up, like, and he has to have, like, a shit ton of upper body strength he grabs like the little grid at the ceiling raises his body so he's just you know straight flat straight flat it sounds right it makes sense to me and only the i mean the laser only gets his knife doesn't get anything on him he drops down and also you know watching this i honestly thought this was a pg-13 movie just for the lack of blood because like i said old girl got beheaded what's his name got bisected the other one lost his fingers and well he's just he only lost his fingers they don't really show how he died but i guess he just went into shock and died but either way there's all these deaths and there's just no blood you see redness even even old girl you and I guess I was going to say, I guess it kind of makes sense because it's a laser, maybe it cauterized the wound as it went. But oh boy, God, I, I could sort of see the head, you know, the beheading, maybe it cauterized it so great that, you know, there's nothing coming out. Even the fingers, I could see it cauterizing, but the old boy that got bisected, he got cut from tummy to back in half. There's no way there. There's no way blood would have had to come out i can't no 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 there's no way that there was not a drop of blood when he got killed but lastly one the leader of the umbrella hen squad got killed he was you know gonna try to duck or jump or do something the computer anticipated it and just made this complete like laser grid like almost like a fence grid where you know it's intersecting and just basically there's no way that he could have escaped it and he got chopped and diced like ceviche bless his heart and of course as soon as the it guy kaplan as soon as he figures out how to shut down the system security one is already dead not only one, but the rest of them, everyone, the whole, well, not the whole, but the majority of the hench squad is dead. After they see that everyone's dead, I have to say Kaplan, the IT guy, he's a good guy because he's like, you know, we have to complete the mission. We got to get to the core. We got to scramble it, reboot it, blah, blah, blah. We got to figure out what's going on. And rightfully so, Spence is like, the fuck? Like, bruh, no, you just saw everybody get massacred. No. And so Kaplan does, he accepts it. He's like, you know, I, I got to do it alone. So he starts creeping his way up to the core. But Alice is very nice. She helps him and gives him a little boost and, you know, helps him bring in the little device that's going to help reboot Red Queen. But, yeah, I mean, good on her because I'm, I'm Spence in this situation. Fuck that. I don't even want to be here. I don't even know why I'm here. No, I'm not helping you. 
and I'm not even part of, well, he is part of Umbrella, but I'm not part of the henchman squad. Fuck no. So the Red Queen senses that they're there and projects this hologram, which, like I said, is created after or modeled after the creator's daughter. And, you know, she's telling them, like, you know, if you do this, we'll lose primary power. I'm imploring you, please don't do this. And of course, again, there's so many kind of iconic things from this movie. The, the eternal line, the, I'm, I implore you, please, please, you're all going to die down here. But, oh, I love it. And Timbaland used it in one of his songs. Oh, I love it. Anyways, so they cut off primary power. They reboot the Red Queen. And you start to see that everything is shutting off and shutting down and opening. All the doors that were once locking the zombies in are now coming open. All, you know, the doors that were locking in the drowned zombies are flooding open now. They're able to get up and walk. And, you know, you just start seeing all these shadowy figures because all their hallways are metallic and reflective. So you just start seeing all these shadowy figures and hearing moans and it's like, damn. If they just listen to her. So now they only have about an hour and a half until the gates lock. So now that everything's been unlocked, Rain hears something moving. And, you know, thinking it's a survivor, she goes to check it out. And there's a lady, you know, creeping towards her. You know, she looks a little crazed, but she's upright and she's moaning a little bit, but not much. And she doesn't have any, you know too much blood coming you know she looks like she might be just a a loon but still alive and she's trying as rain's trying to help her you know she and why would you grab her face why would you grab anyone's face she grabs her face and like hey you know trying to get her to look her in the eyes like hey you know i can help you are you okay and she again why why would you grab anyone in the face especially you don't know them the doctor or the lab specialist whoever it is bites a good chunk out of her palm and it's like that that area where you know if you hold your hand up you know just in front of you that point in between your index and your thumb like that little meaty chunk she she gets it all taken off could you imagine how painful it must be to just move your hand after that to just even make a a fist uh anything it's just ah Just having a chunk missing out of your hand, that sounds painful. And not only painful, it's just weird. And after that, after she gets a chunk taken out of her hand, you know, uh, JD, her partner, hears her scream and comes running and he's like, yo, like, lady, chill, like, stay right there or you will be shot. So he takes a warning shot in her leg. And if they can do it in the movies, why can't they do it in real life? Well, really, they shouldn't be, cops shouldn't be shooting anybody. But anyways takes a warning shot in her leg she just kind of looks at it and looks at him like bro i'm still about to eat you so it comes towards him and he starts firing rounds and she's still not going down and i think he said he fired like five rounds legs chest of course not the head but you know he he laid into her and she's still coming so finally rain is you know getting her getting herself back together and she has is i'm not a gun expert but it looks like a uzi like a submachine gun and like shoot like fucks her up shoots her head to toe she goes flying and that's when the rest of the team come back like alice spence and kaplan the it guy they come running back and they're like what's all this shooting and she lets them know like yo i just got a chunk of flesh taken out of me by a survivor and he's like so you shot him and she's 
you know, Rain lets him know, like, yo, he bit me. Like, this is not normal. I had to shoot him. So they go looking for the lady they just shot, and she's gone. And Matt speaks up, and he's like, you know, there's some blood here, but it's odd. And, you know, he's letting him know, like, yo, this blood is not a live person blood. Like, Kingston, this blood, sorry, my dog, I, 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 he got up, and I knew he was about to start barking. But this blood is coagulated, you know, it's like lumpy and frumpy. It's not like smooth, nice, free-flowing blood that you would see if you, like, cut your vein or something it's coagulated it's old dead people blood and he lets him know like you know this doesn't happen until after death like your blood didn't get all clumpy and lumpy like this until after you've been dead and they're looking at him like the fuck but before they can even you know try to wrap their brain around what he just said the swarm of zombies starts coming in and this movie is just very early 2000s you can see the fx were just so subpar like these zombies do not look scary or at least the cgi ones because you see some that are you know they try to replicate a missing nose or a missing face and it, it doesn't look as scary as it should be the the ones that look scary are the ones that they painted and just put you know some blood splatters and some ripped clothes you know like actual fx like not cgi but they start blasting into all these zombies or as much as they can, as best they can. They're trying to get away. There's an explosion. <laughs> that, that's all I can say. There's an explosion. It doesn't come out of nowhere, but it's like, did you really need an explosion? There's, there's an explosion, which released, which we later in the movie get to realize released the liquor, which is such terrifying. Oh my God, those things are hard to kill in the game. I fucking hate liquors. And you, they're called liquors because they have these long tongues that can, you know, pierce through you. They can choke you. Just, you, they can trip you up. And, and it, you never see one liquor. Like in the game, you never see just one liquor. They're like two and three at a time. Like I said, they're hard to kill because they have this like open cranium and you have to shoot them in the brain to do effective damage and oh god and especially if you play without cheat codes you 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 don't have ammo like that because a handgun you're using like a whole flipping i'm going off on a tangent i know i am but handgun you're you're taking about a whole clip of a handgun to kill a liquor a shotgun you probably need like four maybe five shells but still Oh, exhausting. Now I want to play the game. But anyways, so the explosion happens. The liquor gets out. Matt finds a way out of his cuffs from way back in the beginning of the movie when they cuffed him. He finally gets out of those. And now they're running. They're trying to get away from these zombies. So they run to an elevator, which of course you would think would be a safe, sort of safe environment. Kaplan, the IT guy, he cannot get this fucking code in. Like the, the zombies are encroaching on them and he's just steady fumbling like that's the exact type of guy you do not want on your team someone that cannot work under pressure which he's part of a henchman squad you would think they would like weed these guys out but apparently not but also he is it so you know he probably doesn't even work with guns like that for real unless you know but anyways so they're trying to get the elevator open also while they're trying to open this elevator they are wasting so much ammo like for every maybe 10 bullets probably one or two 
are hitting the target. And of those two, one is a headshot. Like none of these zombies are going down. Of course, they don't know to make it a headshot. But still, if you see a body shot in working, wouldn't you aim for the head? And then two, why are you just, I swear, they're like flailing the gun around. They're, they're hitting everything. That's what caused the explosion in the first place because they're shooting these explosive tanks. Why, again, I, I, I get you're trying to get as many down as you can, but you're wasting ammo shooting into things that aren't attacking you. Oh, God. But anyways, so back to the elevator. Kaplan's trying to put it in, or the code in. JD finally has to take over and gets the elevator open. And as soon as he does, the elevator that dropped from long time ago, you know, the beginning of the movie opens. It's not the same one with Miss Black, but the opposite one opens. They pull him in. They're biting him everywhere. Rain tries to save him. She gets bit like twice on the arm. And my girl, she, I swear, she just gets fucked up this whole movie. Like first the palm, then she gets bit twice you know trying to save jd but she's just going through it but so we got even more team members down now so now they're split up it's mad and alice that are you know trying to find their way back to everyone else and then it's kaplan rain and spence that make their way back to the red queen like control center base so, you know, everyone's freaking out. They're like, you know, who, who the fuck are these people? What are they? And Kaplan lets them know, like, yo, they have badges, they have lab coats. They, these people used to work here. They are from here. And then Rain just pointing all the blame is like, you cut the power, you let them out. This is the reason we have been attacked. This is the reason we are having to shoot our way through hordes of zombies. And Kaplan is looking, he kind of... He goes through a mix of emotions on his face. He's kind of looking like, oh, shit, you're right. And then he looks like, bitch, because, and I mean, I agree with the latter of emotion, because first of all, don't say you let them out. We all, like, had everyone not died, we all were trying to make our way to the Red Queen to reboot it. That was V's mission statement. We all were trying to do it. Yes, some of us died on the way, but had I had not had any help i wouldn't even made it to the red queen to reboot it so this is not just a me thing this is a us thing bitch so alice still is trying to find everyone she's looking and just wandering around the facility and she makes her way to the animal labs where the not rottweilers what are they called uh doberman where the doberman were released who are also infected might i add and the crazy thing is the 2002 doberman looks so much more real as far as like infection looks so much more real than the what 2021 resident evil doberman like that one was completely cgi and not even good cgi like they even did cgi like drool and oh, it just looks so bad it looks so fake but yeah as far as practical effects 2002's version did so much better but anyways, as she's trying to get away from the Doberman, she goes into this like little side room and one of the umbrella workers who is infected tries to get her. You know, she doesn't, she's not looking in the room where she's going. She's just trying to get away from the immediate threat. So he tries to attack her. She does a roundhouse kick and that's when she realizes like something that one had told her earlier, like your security operatives. And she realizes like, hey, I'm a kung fu kicking bitch. Like, I could beat these motherfuckers up. 
So she takes the gun off the umbrella worker, and that's when the Doberman jumps through the glass, and she does the same. She gets out of the room this time, locks him in, but if he got in the room, wouldn't you think he could get out of the room? Like, I mean, as far as what Alice is doing, like, girl, if it didn't work first time, I doubt it'll work second time. But as she gets out the room, eight other infected Dobermen are like ready to pounce on her ass. But luckily she has a gun. She starts firing. That's my pew, pew, pew. I should have said pew, pew, pew. She takes them all out. But as soon as she's about to take a breath, she looks over and the Dober, the first Doberman that was trying to attack her is about to get her ass. And that's when she shows off a little bit more Kung Fu. She like runs up a wall, rounds about, kicks the dog, kills him. So after we see that Matt has found his way to his, well, to an office, what we find out is his sister's office. He's his sister, Lisa, who, you know, you see a couple times through in the beginning of the movie and in some cut scenes and he's trying to find information about you know more about what happened to her and the information that she had and as he's rifling through her desk you know he hears something and he turns around and he sees his sister lisa walking up to her walking up to him and you know she she seems a little off but you know he's still so excited to see her he doesn't even realize that she's a zombie until she's attacking him but luckily Alice has happened to also stumble or, you know, wandering through the offices, sees what's going on, hits her with what looks like maybe a paperweight or like some sort of desk majigger, I don't know, and knocks her out, kills her, and saves Matt. But as Lisa's lying there, you know, Alice looks at her and she's like, oh, that's a girl from one of my memories. Like, this is the girl that I was going to sell the umbrella information to. You know, it's all starting to come back to her. It's something I find funny every time I watch this movie. Alice's hair changes all throughout the movie. First, it was a little straight. Then it was had these curls, like these deep curls. Then she has like these wannabe dreadlocks. Like they're twisted. Yeah, like almost dreadlock curls. And it's like, who? where is she finding the time to do this hair? in between all the zombie and kung fu fighting but anyway matt and alice are you know like reflecting on what's going on and what happened and what's happening and you know he lets them know like you know we're part of me and my sister and uh, many others are part of the this group and we're we're part of this group and we're trying to do something about the injustices that are happening because of companies like this that you know think they can do whatever they want and just sell it to the highest bidder repercussion to be damned eventually matt and alice make their way to the rest of the group you know they fight their way through zombies because when they finally get to the door which how did they know where they were at but anyways they finally get to the door and through the door and you know they have to fight to keep the zombies back and close the door behind them and they're all contemplating how to get out and Smith says why don't we just wait here if you guys don't answer back I'm sure higher ups or your employer or whoever will send somebody to find you and find us and Rain lets them know like no like those big ass doors and gate that we went through earlier once you know once the timer is up which at right now is about an hour once that hour is up we're locked down here there there's nobody coming to look for us 
And she adds that containing the incident is the only true failsafe that they had. So yes, they wanted to figure out why the Red Queen killed everyone and locked us up. But if we fail to get out of here, you know, this was a suicide mission if we didn't accomplish the mission. They knew that and we knew that. So hearing this, Alice takes it upon herself to reboot up the Red Queen, you know, saying that she's the only one that may know a possible alternate route to get out of here. And, you know, Rain and Kaplan are like, yo, she just killed all these people, killed most of our team. What the fuck are you doing? And Alice, unfortunately, is in the right. Like, yes, she did all those things, but it was to prevent contamination and spread of contamination. And since y'all don't have the information or the correct information to get us out of here, she's the only one that can. So after they boot back up the Red Queen, you know, she lets them know exactly what this is. It's T-virus. It reanimates the dead body or reanimates a dead body and basically everything about the person is gone they have little to no intelligence they probably don't have any memories from their former life they just have the basic instinct to feed and the way that it's worded in the movie is they have the basics they know the basics no they have the basic of needs and that is the need to feed and wouldn't the most basic need for a virus be well no i was about to say wouldn't the basic need for a virus be to spread itself but it does spread itself through feeding i mean that's a little tricky how they worded it but i i get the gist but the point is then you see jd torn savagely torn his face is all shredded up he has bites wounds everywhere he comes back to life and why do their teeth rot like these people like jd his teeth were white they were fine and now that he's a zombie they're black and tarred and how and rain asks how do we kill these things because i don't even think they use the word zombie yet or ever in the series that i can remember but rain you know asks how do they how do we kill them and red queen lets him know you need to cause massive brain trauma or sever the top of the spinal column. Matt ends up asking, why did you kill everyone down here? And she lets him know, like, the T-virus, it was it created an uncontrollable spread. It spread through the, a- the AC. It went from liquid to air to now blood transmission. And, you know, it's my job to protect the outside, basically. Keep whatever is down here from getting to the outside. So I killed everyone. And, you know, she's letting she's letting them know, like, I did that and I'll do it to you guys too because one of you is infected. And she lets them know, like, Rain is the one that's infected. All you need is one bite, one scratch, and you will become one of them. And, you know, they're all looking like, fuck. Like, we are, we are fucked. Like, even if we get out of here, we're fucked. So the Red Queen lets them know you got to go through this security or I'm not security, the utility, I said security, completely wrong, the utility tunnels to get out. So it's all fine and dandy until they kind of stop. They start arguing and they stop. And of course, all of a sudden, hordes of zombies have now made their way to the utility tunnel. Like how? You would have heard them. And especially as many as they see as soon as they stop, how how did they sneak up on you? Like, are y'all that stupid? possibly but they're finding their way through the utility tunnels now 
So Alice tells them, you know, let's get get up on the pipes. We can crawl above them and make our way where we need to. And she's trying to protect them as they're going up onto the pipes. But she starts doing all these fucking wrestling moves, like WWE moves. Like she's throwing people, you know, over her back. She's slamming them, doing this, doing that. She like dislocates one zombie's arm. Like, what is that helping? You, uh, you just heard Red Queen say you have to shoot them in the head, massive brain damage to kill them, and yet you're trying to pop his shoulder out of socket? Stay on ta- on task. Like, she, I swear, it's like, I get they had to show off her doing all these moves, but at least make it practical. She's literally wasting so much energy, and she only killed, like, one of them. And yet the rest of them, she's not even stopping them. She's just barely slowing them down. But as Kaplan's going up, because Alice is over here bullshit, and as Kaplan's going up, he gets bitten on the leg, and Rain, who tries, well, not not tries, she does save him. She shoots the zombie that's biting him in the head. She herself gets bit, like, twice. So that's what I'm saying. Rain, she's just getting fucked up this whole movie. But at least she tried to help. Until she sees JD, well, zombie JD, and, you know, starts to put her gun down because their partners, possibly best friends, lovers, who knows. But she sees him and he takes a chunk out of her neck. It's like, girl, just at this point, if I was Rain, fuck it, gun to the head. Like, I, I can't keep doing this. You guys keep taking chunks, not just little nibbles chunks of whole flesh out of my skin i can't keep doing this i haven't gone to the bathroom in hours i haven't had anything to eat i'm tired i'm losing blood just gonna take me out of my misery so they're regrouping like above the pipes just looking down and rain is clearly traumatized shocked well yeah i'd say she's in shock she's like dripping blood onto them and she's like you know you like the way that tastes and you know she's refusing help from alice about covering her wounds and just something that i find so funny that (laughs) i only i i usually don't notice i i know i've seen the scene before but i especially notice it now spence is above you know the pipes and at some angles it looks like there are good ways up some it looks like if they just even lean slightly over the zombies would be able to get them but in this particular angle God damn it. Kingston, who bless it. In this particular angle, Spence, it seems like he's way above them. Like, he would have to jump a little bit down a ways to reach them. But he's up there and he has like a bald fist and, you know, he has like, he has a snarl on his face. He's like, you know, oh, you're lucky this pipe is holding me back type shit. It's like, bruh, what do you have a fist up for? Like, <laughs> It's just the funniest scene because it's like, bro, you're a ways up. Why? 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 Quick note. Somehow Rain has gotten her gun back. She dropped it when she got bit trying to save Kaplan. Yet she was able to shoot JD. And now that she's on the pipe, she still has her gun. She never picked up her gun. And the only other gun she had was her submachine gun when she ran out of bullets. Huh. Anyways. So as they're going up on these pipes, eventually, I'm guessing it's too much, you know, weight. It falls down. Kaplan ends up getting bit again. Alice struggles, but she finally gets to, like, this other area. Like, 
that you know that I don't even know what it's called I'm just gonna call it an area but she gets to the other safe area Kaplan's down with the zombies but he's like on these sorry my dog has allergies he gets on these like slanted pipes just above the zombies um out of their reach but he's only has one bullet he's you know down for the count he has bites he's hurt he's weak and he's just like y'all just go on like I you know I'm about to die anyways just just go and so as they're leaving they hear a bullet or they hear a gunshot hear a bullet that doesn't even make sense they hear a gunshot and they assume that Kaplan took his own life but you know later we see that he just shot the closest zombie to him and he's gonna fight as much as he can to stay alive so finally the rest of the team which comprised is comprised of Alice Matt Spence and Rain who's damn near a death's door they make their way from the utility tunnels to the labs where they once were or yeah, the lab where they once were, and, you know, they're, they're walking, and Alice is looking around, and she remembers being there, you know, she's like, this is all looking a little bit familiar, and it dawns on her, there's a virus, the T-virus, but there's also an antivirus, so they all run into the, one of the labs. Matt and Alice are the first to get to the lab, and, you know, he's asking, like, how do you know all this about the antivirus, where it is, and she lets him know, like, because I was going to steal it for your sister, and he's like, bitch, you the one that got her killed? And she lets him know, like, no, I still don't remember if I was a good guy, bad guy, but I was in contact with your sister, I was trying to get her a sample of the virus to expose and, you know, hopefully I wasn't the bad guy, and I wasn't the one that got her killed, basically. So Alice is looking for the virus. It's not where it's supposed to be. Rain starts having a breakdown. She's like, I can't do this. And rightfully so, I mean, she's been eating up all, all day, all night. She's, I'm sure, suffering from significant amount of blood loss. I'm sure she's achy and sore, you know, and the infections, you know, going through her. So she, yeah, she's, she's going through it. But as this is all happening, we see that Spence finally recovers his memory, and the whole time he knew that Alice was an informant, she was trying to expose the company, and he was going to cross her, get a sample for himself, and sell it himself. And I guess somehow, in his mind, that would have impressed her because even now he's like, you know, we can still do this, you know, blah, blah. And on the paper, he's the one that wrote, he's the one that wrote today, all your dreams come true. And he's the one that through the initial vial, which caused the complete breakdown, he just didn't know how far this, the security system would go. He thought he would be fine on the train. But again, it seems like he really, really liked her. He still wants to be with her. He even when he's talking, it seems like he he's trying to make this money for them so they can get out. They can get out from under an umbrella. They can have all the money in the world they need and want, and they can do as they please. And, you know, Alice is letting them know, like, no. Like, I was trying to get the virus to expose the company, not to make any type of gain, especially financial gain for myself. That's not what I was trying to do. And he looks a little bit, you know, slighted, but I guess he's like, you know, fuck it. Like, I might not have a bitch, but at least I'll have money. So Rain's asking him, like, you know, where is the antivirus? And he lets him know, like, it was just a couple feet away from you, exactly where you found me, on the train. 
and you know he's explaining this and you know how he wants to get out and all this what have you and one of the zombies that drowned in the lab was still somewhere under the water pops up behind him takes a bite out of him like damn you you again when i say the incredibles makes a point every time if you're the villain you don't have to monologue just leave if you're on the verge of winning just leave you don't have to keep telling your evil plan to everyone so he gets bitten they try to take the gun away from him even though he doesn't shoot the zombie in the head supposedly somehow she's down for the count he ends up locking them in the lab and you know matt is like damn he's really about to get away with it i can't fucking believe it you know this and the third and the red queen lets him know like no there (laughs) we uh happen to have another genetic mutation uh experimentation set loose um you know just basically wandering around the building i'm sure he'll run into it eventually um so you know y'all may not be getting out of here but there's a good chance he's not getting out of here either and now that i'm thinking about it that was her game that was like her end game anyways because you know they were threatening to shut her off if they didn't help if she didn't help them get out but this whole time she knew that there was a liquor on the loose so that's what she was banking on like yeah okay i'll help you get out but you guys are gonna get eaten anyway it's like oh my god she's kind of a mastermind god she she's she is good like and the thing is had had spence not been an asshole locked them in the room he could have if he still wanted to be a villain he could have sacrificed like you know shot one or two of them in the leg and while the liquor is trying to take care of them he could have been on the train and gone but no he had he just had to be the worst type of bad guy a solo bad guy i mean if you're going to be a villain you have to have decoys you have to have people around you that you're willing to sacrifice so you can make it to the end goal he's not thinking that far ahead and that's why he got killed by the liquor and i forgot to mention he made it to the antivirus he got the antivirus shot it he could have been so close to freedom if he had just been just a couple steps ahead and just a few cells smarter okay yeah i I must have missed that part they figured it it out also that she was saving the liquor for them i'm thinking i'm a genius figuring this myself out in the movie and they figured it out (laughs) but now they got about 20 minutes left until the gates are completely locked and they're buried down there so at this point rain just wants to be put out of her misery and even the red queen is you know giving them a alter ultimatum i was about to say alternative lord an ultimatum you know if you get rid of the person in your group that's infected i'll let you free and rain already wanting to be done with this bullshit she's like just do it you know y'all can make it out and just as alice is what we think is about to you know decapitate her take her head off so they can get out she hits the screen so that they don't have to hear the red queen anymore and kaplan kaplan comes to the rescue he fries the system which releases the doors again and you know now they're on their way to the train so they make their way to the train platform and they see oh spence i I keep wanting to get 
Matt and Spence mixed up. They see Spence's dead reanimated body. And, you know, she has a quip, uh, says a line that he said to her before and decapitates him, which is nice, you know, puts him out of his misery. But uh, I'd have just left him a zombie, you know, fuck it. I I don't owe you peace of death. No, be a zombie. Shamble around. So they're riding and, you know, they're distributing the antivirus to everyone that's infected. And Rain lets Alice know, like, you know, when the time comes, please take me out of my misery. I don't want to be a soulless walking corpse. And Alice lets her know, like, you know, no one else is going to die. Like, bitch, you were very wrong. But anyways, you know, she's talking to Rain and Matt ends up giving Kaplan a shot of the antivirus and you know they think they're home free it would have been such a beautiful ending but then we see rain puts her head down and alice is trying to talk to her and she's not answering and you know basically she's dead and alice is about to shoot her because you know she sees rain sort of twitching so she's thinking she's fully succumbed to the virus and is about to reanimate and start attacking them so she you know she grabs the gun she puts it up to her head she's about to pull the trigger and of course rain wakes up and you know she's like i'm not dead yet like bitch you're you're honestly too close to death for me to even be comfortable with so i just shot her anyways personally and while they're celebrating you know that rain is alive again the liquor c- scratches through the side panel door scratches matt like well i say scratch but it's like a gouge gouges his shoulder they you know have their guns up or i think the only one honestly with the gun is uh alice but no alice and rain and you know they have their gums up they're about to start shooting but the liquor ends up going to the front left side which is you know like the train conductor side takes out Kaplan like damn he just got the antivirus he fought so hard to finally make it and then he dies from the liquor like damn so the liquor comes through the back door which Matt had just locked so that saved him like maybe five seconds breaks through the back door Alice gets some shots in but again like I said earlier a liquor and she only has a handgun a liquor for a handgun is going to take up like a whole clip like you have to have something massive a shotgun a bazooka if it's a submachine gun you know those really aren't powerful they just give a lot of it's quantity over quality like or power quantity over power yeah for a submachine gun but anyway they don't even have a submachine gun but i'm just thinking game wise but anyways like i said she shot him like maybe five six times in the head i think there's like what 10 maybe 12 rounds to a clip in a handgun something like that or no eight i forget but the point is she she's putting in all this damage that would put a regular zombie down and it's not doing shit to the liquor it grabs her leg and is trying to pull her but matt there's like this bag of like these pipes he runs the bag of pipes into the liquor and it knocks the liquor back and you know Alice grabs a pipe, she runs a pipe down and, you know, like, basically, like, stabs his tongue with it so 
it can't move and you know she has a really good plan you know she's asking Matt to open the doors so that he'll fly out the doors and basically get electrocuted or whatever on the rails and as he's about to open the door he turns around and sees Rain is now completely dead and a zombie and is attacking him like fuck they should have shot her beforehand so he pushes her back and Alice is yelling for him to open the door so you know they can finally kill this big ass fucker he shoots Rain in the head she falls back and pushes the button that releases the door to open and this thing falls through the the door that's on the floor door that's on the floor look I'm rhyming anyways falls through the door that's on the floor of the train and somehow combusts like I would see I could see if it got electrocuted. I could see if the train, like, somehow is tongue detached and the train, like, ran it over and, like, squashed it to death. I could even see that. But somehow it got set ablaze. And I'm just really struggling to figure out how that happened. But either way. So now, finally, Matt and Alice think they're home free until they get to where the train stops, which is the mansion. And they get to, like, the train platform that's right under the mansion. And the clock show, they have 15 seconds to make it up the stairs and out the door. And they're just slightly, not even, like, under it. It's, like, under a jog, but more than a brisk walk. Like, I don't know what to call it. But the point is, if you have 15 seconds until you're buried alive, I would be booking it. I'm about to run as fast as Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. Like, there's no way. And they're just, like I said, just, like, like I said, just a little above a brisk walk. They're just like, oh, la da dee da well, I guess we'll make it through the door whenever we get there. Like, bruh, and there's a lot of steps, like, I need you to pick up the pace. But they get through the doors, well, the gate, and the gate lowers, completely locks, you know, they make it up to the first level of the mansion, and Alice has the T virus and the virus all in one nice little package and you know they're carrying it and you know I guess it all just hits her she kind of falls and starts crying and Matt's comforting her and then his arm starts to hurt and that's that gouge that you know the liquor gave him starts to kind of bubble and fester and then we see all these scientist and you know lab coat and um not even lab coat they're in like head to toe hazmat suit um they take him you know they take her and take him and then you hear someone say oh he's he's been scratched you know uh put him in the nemesis program and then you know blacks out and we see alice is on the table on this like stretcher slash operating table and she wakes up and she's has all these wires and tubes going out of everywhere from her arms and hips to her literal head and you know she wakes up she sits up and she feels the tug of all these wires and oh my god it looks so painful Uh, every time I get to the scene I cringe because she has to pull it out of she has to pull like needles out of her literal fucking brain like oh god oh god anyways so she finally gets untethered to all untethered 
yeah, uh, yeah, that's the word I'm gonna use. She gets untethered, unhooked, whatever you want to call it, from all these wires and steps outside and she sees it's just been a complete apocalypse. Well, yeah, no, apocalypse. I was about to say apocalypse, but that didn't sound right. It's been a complete apocalypse. It looks like just straight war, like has been conducted on the streets like there's fires there's sirens going off but no cops there's smoke there's you know all these abandoned cars and a newspaper you know letting them know that that the dead walk you see it's the raccoon city times just hanging in the breeze and Alice finds a abandoned cop car and you know grabs a shotgun and you know cocks it and cut to black that's the end of the movie and you know basically next time if you watch the second movie you see that the nemesis makes the comeback i'm not even like i said the second movie is like c quality this movie is b quality i mean it's still a good it's still a good movie still a good video game adapted movie could have been better yes which is the 2021 version which is resident evil welcome to raccoon city that's the best version of a movie about resident evil this one is a close second the rest of the movies i mean honestly unless you just love bad movies don't watch them they're they're not worth your time they're just so horribly bad especially when they start getting like to the last two three films and they just start randomly putting in information from the games and from the books but like i said it's just random like they just start adding these characters that if you don't play the game you wouldn't know who they are and it's like why are they here now instead of in the first or second movie it was very weird you could tell they were just trying to do anything to keep the franchise going at that point but anyways we are at the end of the movie we're doing our bpr once again our black people rating so for this movie we had one and a half black people one the leader of the umbrella hench squad and then rain who is played by michelle rodriguez who to my knowledge is like latina white and black again she like a quarter black or something like that i could be wrong but I'm gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna fly this time. So she's a quarter black. So I guess 1.25. Yeah, 1.25 people in this movie were black. And they both died. Were they believable? Yes. As like, as like an army or like a uniformed leader. One, he was very believable. He died, unfortunately, but he was a good leader. He made sense. So yeah, I- I'll give him that. Rain, she she was very believable. She was in a important role in this movie, so that gives the the score a bump up. But unfortunately, she did die toward the end. But at least, and I was gonna say, but at least you know she made it. But she had to get attacked. She got like bitten like eight times just to make it to the end of the movie, just to get the antivirus, just to turn anyways. So, ah, BPR for Resident Evil 2002. I'm gonna give it two out of five Afro picks. I feel like that's fair. Like I said, they died, and yes, 
one well no both of them were in a pretty significant role but they both died they were believable but I mean again Rain if she'd have just made it to the end and didn't have to go through so much damn torture like like I said she got bit like eight to ten times she got fucked up this whole movie had she not gone through that but still ended up dying in the end I'd have probably given this a solid three or four but since she had to go through all that and one the leader he got laser gritted to death like that's not a fun way to go like I said I'm gonna have to give this two out of five (laughs) one day there will be a four and a five out of five afro picks one day we will meet the movie that meets the mark and it'll probably be a jordan peele film but we don't know we'll see anyways that is the movie that is episode five please let me know what you should think hit me up on my twitter at black horror pod or on my email at black horror podcast at yahoo hope to hear from you soon and you will definitely be hearing from me next week see you then Thank you.